Do you recall that first time as a kid that you made your first dollar or maybe it was your first peso depending on where you were living? Well, this is what we discuss actually in person with a Reina panel and this discussion happened in Orlando before the craziness started. You did it. You have found your judgment-free zone, the Her Dinero Matters podcast a bilingual podcast for women who want to become reinas of their money and love their dinero more. I am your host, Jen Hemphill, a former extreme frugalist turned reina of your money advocate. Each week, I'm going to help you reign your money like that queen that you are with inspiring interviews and panel discussions from La Comunidad Latina and with solo episodes sharing simple, actionable tips and strategies. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And now let's jump into today's Dose of Money Confidence. Buenas, espero que estés bien. This is Jen Hemphill. I am thrilled you are here with me today. Even though every last Thursday of the month we have a Reina panel, today's show is a little different. We still have the Reina panel, but we did this recording at PodFest in Orlando before the craziness happened. And because we are recording it in person at an event on a stage, you will hear the quality a little bit different, but it's still a very fun conversation. In this episode, we talked to three fantastic ladies, and actually one of them is a returning guest. And I'm going to let you guess which one that is, especially if you've been listening for a while. But let me take you a little bit and tell you a little bit about each of our guests today. First up, we have Rita Bautista, and she has learned that the key ways to success always lie in the power to network and connect to industry leaders. After beginning her women's empowerment podcast called Empowerment and All That, she quickly realized that there was a lack of connection and representation in the podcasting arena for Mujeres Latinas. This immediately fueled her fire, and she launched the idea of creating a Latina podcasters community to amplify the voice of Latinas who podcast connect them with resources, and plug in the audiences of those who love to listen. Then we have Hilda Gore. And Hilda Labrada Gore, known as Holistic Hilda, is an ancestral health expert who has traveled the world exploring traditional practices for optimal well-being. She is a biohacker, a certified health coach, fitness professional, and the host and producer of the Wise Traditions podcast on behalf of the Weston A. Price Foundation. In addition to being a health coach, Hilda is a podcast coach and the author of Podcasting May Simple. She especially enjoys helping people in the health and wellness space launch their shows. We also have Nicole Hernandez, who is a conscious entrepreneur, a certified hypnotist, speaker, and host of the Daring Kind podcast. She harnesses the power of hypnotherapy, neuroscience, sound, and movement to help the hesitant change maker overcome old subconscious beliefs that have kept them looping in self-sabotaging behaviors and thoughts. She has been featured in Success Magazine, Best Life, Femme City, Salon, PR Daily, and more. In today's episode, we have such a fantastic conversation. We walk down memory lane to that first memory of making money as a kid. Then we explore how that memory experience ties into today's life, as well as we discuss some inspiration to just really reignite the excitement to those dreams we have lost hope upon. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer these reinas of their money. 
Welcome, ladies. We are doing a different little type of podcast today, uh, live from stage at PodFest in Orlando. And uh, thanks for to Harlan for having us on the stage and uh, sponsoring the stage. So I've got some fantastic ladies for you today, and we're going to have a fun chat, of course, about money, but we're going to take it back to childhood and how we made money as kids. I know personally, I grew up around a lot of, we can't afford it, we don't have the money. So I was that kid that I did not ask my parents for money, just because you only had to tell me the things once, that's it. So I am excited to hear your stories. So let's talk about, let's go back in time. Rita, let's start with you. That wasn't too long ago, right? No, it was only like three years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And tell us like, what did you do to make money as a kid? Or did you make money as a kid? And tell us like, why? What, What was your driving force behind that? So I kind of have a bit of a unique story. So my family in general, I was actually having this conversation earlier, we... They owned a circus. So we were naturally just like born in an entertainment concept. Yeah. Our family used to own a circus called Circus Maya. I did not know that. This This is so awesome. Okay, go ahead. It's it's been told here today on Her Dinero Matters. (laughs) But what was interesting is like my mom started a folklore group, a Honduran folklore group in Baltimore. And so all of my cousins were forced into it. But my cousin Carlos and I were basically like professional dancers So every time they had, like, community baptisms, weddings, anything at a Lions Club or whatever, we were like, okay, I know what we're going to do. We would basically pass around a collection plate, and we would start a (laughs) dance-off. Because we knew we were going to win. And most of the time, the person that we would get to judge was my uncle. We would have all the kids like dancing on the dance floor. We would also, I think we even picked the songs that we would dance to because we already had our routine down and we won every time. So we would win this pot of money that we would split amongst ourselves. I think eventually the community caught on that we were like jipping them. But at the same time. (laughs) Hey, no, you didn't jip them. You were earning it. Exactly. I mean, they got a great show, you know. That was one. And then occasionally with my imaginary friends have a yard sale in front of my house. I would just grab everything that was in my room and put it outside. And my neighbors, I'm sure, enjoyed it a lot. And I'd get like five bucks for just some random thing. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how that I made money. That is amazing. You should have invited me because you would have made more money too. Because <laughs> yeah. I love Do you want me to challenge you to d- the dance-off? Oh, I love dance-offs. Oh, we're about to pass a collection it's plate on. around it's here on. at Podfest. Hey, only we get to pick the songs, not you, Rita. <laughs> have you done the now? champeta challenge? Yeah. For a dance-off. Uh-huh. Side note, champeta challenge? Let's do this. Are you down? I haven't learned it yet, but sure. We're about to do this. All right. We'll post it on Jennifer's Instagram. (laughs) I I might need to learn this stuff, Sarah. Oh, yeah. We're going to do it. Oh, my goodness. I'll be the judge. (laughs) For Nicole's birthday, we're going to go ahead and do a challenge. Oh, I love it. Should be dancing it it off tonight. Oh, yeah. So you earned money dancing as a kid, knowing that you were going to win, just saying, let's do a dance-offs. But what was the driving force behind it? So why did you do this? Is it uh, because you do have an entrepreneurship spirit? Yeah. I mean, I think naturally my family's just always been in the center of things like that or being part of the center of the community. And uh, I guess it translates now. I never thought about it, but 
Yeah, the entrepreneurial aspect of it. My mom was a very strong mother. She was a single parent. So watching her work two or three jobs was a big deal, I guess. And, you know, just naturally knowing that you need money in order to purchase anything you want. Same concept. I wasn't really allowed to, like, ask for money. So therefore, if I wanted money, I had to find new ways, unique ways to make money with what I already had, right? And I love it. Now, Hilda, tell us. Well, interestingly, my story is a little bit like Rita's. I always was putting on shows. No, I do love to dance. (laughs) But no, it wasn't a circus family, none of that. I love to put on shows in my basement. It's like I was producing shows. And um, one time my friends and I decided to do a show that would segue into a band. I don't know how I ended up on drums because, I mean, I can sing and play guitar today, but I do not play the drums. But we re- I remember making little tickets and charging the neighbors to come and see our show. And to answer your following question about what the driving force was, I don't think I was trying to make money. I think I was just trying to have fun. And it was nice to know that you could make money doing something you enjoyed, which of course leads me to where I am today. You know, like I love podcasting and I can make money talking to people. It feels like such a gift. My report cards when I was in elementary school always said, stellar stuff, but talks too much. (laughs) AAAA talks too much. And look at me now, little miss second grade teacher, because here I am talking talking too much. Still talking. It paid off. (laughs) So, but I also wanted to tell the story of my father Uh because he is from Cuba And he was following in his father's footsteps of interpretation. Think about that, too, because this was my original job was translation. So you're helping people understand each other. You're communicating. So it's interesting to me that I'm still kind of in this field. But anyway, so my father was only like 10 or 12 years old. And his father said, hey, there's this job coming up to interpret. I can't do it. Will you go? So my father, Emilio, Emilito, he went to do this interpretation. And the woman said, you did a great job. This is how I'm going to pay you. I'm going to give you a horse. So my father was ecstatic until he realized, I've got to pay for the keep of this horse, and it lives like on the other side of the island. He started scratching his head and realizing it really was a gift horse that he should have looked in the mouth. Because in other words, he was maintaining this horse that he hardly ever got to ride. But this was a lesson for him. So it's interesting to think of. Like his first payment was a horse, and mine was probably $5 and change, like you were saying. But it was fun. So, hey. That is interesting. So we've got from the circus and entertainment, you entertain in your basement, then your father's story. Now, Nicole, tell us about you. Yeah, so I had a grandmother who loved to do crafts. And she was always making things, and she would cut out pieces of fabric and make (laughs) necklaces with them. And... One day she said, you know what, why don't you take these out, walk around the neighborhood and knock on people's doors and see if they'll purchase them. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah. And then you can keep all of the money. And I thought, okay, it's really that easy. And it was right near Christmas. So everything was Santa Claus related. So I went across the street, made a sale immediately for 12 whole dollars. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to be rich off of necklaces. So then I just kept walking to door to door and knocking and selling things and people kept buying. So this got me really confident about my skills in selling. And so I actually went home and I thought, what else can I sell? I decided to create my own perfume line. Whoa. Okay. Oh, yes. In my garage, I mixed like, I think my mom's potpourri. I think I boiled potpourri and like took the, the water poured it into these little jars, all these different kinds of jars, even a Noxzema jar. 
<laughs> Sensed by Nicole. And oh then, my God. And oh then my. I, this then I walked hilarious. across the way, and I remember, what, and I, you know, I have all this confidence as a kid. I'm like, gonna do it. I'm gonna make that twelve dollars. So walked across the street. The woman opened the door. She was really nice, and I told her I was selling, and I gave her a sample because I had seen, you know, people give samples at the at the, <laughs> at the store. And she held it up to her nose, and she was she made this awful face, like somebody had given her a lemon, and she was just like, um, no, I'm going to pass. And so I kept going door to door, same reaction. So the, the dream of the perfume line never came to be. Do you smell it before selling it? Did I what? Did, where you had you smell, <laughs> took a little... I thought it smelled good, okay, but this okay. is like a child's sense of smell. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's hear It's very that. different from adult, a woman's sense of smell. Yeah. That is so interesting. So I noticed, I feel like I noticed some things. Like, basically, it seemed like even amongst the three of you, the drive for making money was not really out of necessity, but out of just passion of for some you know fun and yeah. doing something different and for me it felt like it was out of necessity because as I mentioned and notice my tree torns I'm wearing these tree torns well they're a little dirty don't you know ignore that part okay but this this is symbolic for me if we go back <laughs> aging myself to the 90s or late 80s tree torns were like a big thing but it was something that my parents couldn't afford Right. But I was like, okay, I want to get some of those tree torns, some of those guest jeans. Remember those guest jeans that had those little bows at the bottom? Do you have them with you? No, I don't. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so I also wanted to get some guest jeans. Oh. And so for me, it was out of necessity because I knew my parents couldn't afford to get me those jeans or the tree torns. And it was for me making money. Sorry to say it wasn't as exciting. I mean, it was fun. I mean, I babysit it. So it was like 10 years old. I had newborns. You know, I was babysitting and making those 20 bucks. Oh, I, and I feel rich out of, you know, those making the 20 bucks. And the other things that I did, it wasn't directly making money, but I hustled those school fundraisers when you sold the, what is it, the finest world chocolate. Chocolates. Yeah, that. They are the world's w- finest chocolate. <laughs> I used to eat those things myself <laughs> and then be in so much trouble for the 50 bucks for that box. Oh, because you, you ate it before. <laughs> you didn't buy it. It was like, it was supposed to be sold. Okay. One would disappear every day until <laughs> they were the gone. They were good. So I would go door to door selling those things so I could get the prize right? Those prizes because I love, I've always loved photography and I got myself one of those like rectangular little cameras, you know, the film. So that, I mean, that's what I did, but it was for me out of, it was more out of like passion, but it was just out of necessity. So how, and want to shift now. So you all talked about a little bit of how you earn money as kids. How do you feel that translates into what you're doing now making money? Is, are there some similar patterns? I mean, I'm, I have my thoughts on that since I know you ladies, but let's start off with you, Nicole. Okay. I like to say I get paid for my imagination because that's really the thread between everything I do. I have to hire you for perfume yet? That's coming. <laughs> you better watch out. Since by Nicole, you heard it Year here, 20, y'all. 2014. <laughs> Wait, that's all right. 2014. Never mind. (laughs) So what I do now, I am a, by day, I'm a hotel consultant. I dream up ideas for hotels, their programming, everything that goes in them, and I launch them into the world. I'm actually working on one in El Paso right now called the Plaza Hotel Pioneer Park. 
And it was one of the first hotels by Conrad Hilton. So imagine Conrad Hilton when he had no money and he was actually struggling to get his whole beautiful, amazing, you know, company going. And he was working day by day to just try to pay those bills. Right. This was like his big dream, his big vision, his imagination. So I'm bringing that back to life right now. And then I have a couple of other hotels on the West Coast. I also, I'm a hypnotherapist, which not a lot of people know. So again, it's just taking people through their imagination to work on their past and heal some of the past trauma and wounding healing a broken heart, getting over anxiety. I, for me, I had a lot of social anxiety be, as a kid because I was made fun of and bullied at certain points. So like, go, like being able to go back into those places in time and really work on those things has made such a world of difference for me now. I don't think I'd be on this stage talking to you without sweating and turning red today if I hadn't gone through that. Right. And then, of course, the Daring Kind podcast, and then we have, you know, Latina podcasters as well. So it's all like imagining the bigger picture. So that theme from childhood still carries through, even though the perfume still hasn't come yeah. to fruition, but your imagination and your creativeness. Yeah. It's true, though. I mean, it might still. Right? I mean, her sense of smell has changed as an adult, I'm sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know, guys. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> She but I think, I mean, and, and so I see that. Okay, so how about you, Hilda? Well, I actually followed in my father's footsteps. My first career was as a translator. Okay. It's actually super interesting because I worked for the International Criminal Police Organization. So, like, when you're watching a movie and it says, you know, you may be fined if you copy this, Interpol will get you. Like, that's, those are the people I worked for. We all caught con artists around the world. We caught you know, fraudulent criminals. It was amazing. I felt like Carmen Sandiego. I kind of look like her today too, right? <laughs> but anyway, so I was a translator. Then I was a stay-at-home mom. Then I became a worship leader playing my guitar and singing songs in church. And now I'm a podcaster. And the thread I see in all of those is, number one, communicator, because I'm getting information across and translating it. The Wise Traditions podcast that I host has very scientific, you know, kind of intellectual information that I try to get my guests to simplify for all of right. us, including me. So I still feel like I'm translating. But the other element that they all have, I think, even the stay-at-home mom is connection. And as Latinas especially, I feel like we thrive on the bond, on the hug, on the right. getting to know each other. Right, right, right before right. we got on the stage today, Nicole's like, you know, I want to spend more time with you. And I was like, I do too, because we want to go deeper, right? And so I feel like what I do today really encompasses what I started as a child. Getting, notice it wasn't just me putting on a show to make money. It was me and my friends together. So I still feel that sense of calling to communicate and to connect with people. Love it. And you, Miss Rita. <laughs> well, I think it's really interesting because I don't think until, which I, it's very weird to share this, but I don't think until I started with the podcasting community did I feel like I was 100% sold on something. Interesting. And that's been recently. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So I've been, one of the good things is I've always been a person. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Person to educate myself and continue moving to the next level and continue challenging myself. So With lots of ideas. Yeah. I, so many I ideas. have an idea. <laughs> Poor Nicole. Let's just hope that <laughs> we're going to get a spot in. I thought I we're was going to get a spot I, I thought I was the dreamer in telling <laughs> that, Rita. 
But, you know, I think one of the best things that Hilda said and two words that I've been using a lot these last couple of days is connection, community, and also growth in general for myself and for every project that I work on from here on out and empowering people. So my day by day, when I'm playing Clark Kent, I am actually a rep in healthcare right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things about that is I talk to like over 100 people a week or more. So it helps me perfect my skill for podcasting, number one. But number two, I talk to everyone from the medical assistant to patients to the physicians. So you really get a chance to see different personalities, how to maneuver through those, and how to connect that all together, which I think helps strengthen the community aspect of Latina podcasters. Right. So for me, it's like all of it always comes full circle. So prior to that, I was in lobbying. And for those who know, lobbying can be a lot of fun, a lot of grueling work, but it it bases itself off of building a network, right? Just as in healthcare, it's the same thing. And obviously now, so I guess community network has always been something that's just been on the basis of who I am. Right. And obviously mixing in a little entertainment in there because, you know, my family. Because <laughs> the circus. circus family. Yeah. <laughs> so we're all going to dance off in a little bit, y'all. Oh, yeah. Champeta challenge, which I haven't learned yet. So for me, it has been different because as a business owner out now, I have never thought I would be a business owner. My parents weren't. Well, they weren't business owners, but they were hippies. So they were like that free thinking, kind of breaking the rules you know, my, I mean, this is in the uh, early 70s that my parents, you know, my dad's American, my mom's Colombiana. Getting married, those two cultures was not common back then. That They were, like I said, they were like the free thinkers. And for my dad to just leave the U.S., not speaking a word of Spanish, he's five years younger than my mom. On top of that, All right, yeah, All right. five years younger than my mom, hoping that when he moved... He's like, I love her. Hopefully she'll marry me. They weren't able to get married in Colombia. They had to travel to Venezuela because he wasn't Catholic. And she's like, really? You're going to make me go through? So I'm saying this is in the early 70s. So they're like, but then they did try. My dad did have the entrepreneurial spirit, but he lost his dreams like in, in because of the different failures, right? So I think that, and it's interesting because they're both educators, retired, and all my family, like all my life is like you go to school to go to college and you get that traditional career, right? Not entrepreneurship. And I look at my brother and I, we're both business owners, right? But it started, I think, with my parents having that dream, having that vision, even though they didn't continue that big dream. So it's really interesting. And I feel like when we look at, you know, I I wanted to talk about this one. Nicole, you suggested this topic, which I thought was fabulous. But I think it challenges us to really think back to, again, back to those money stories in childhood. Like what was driving us to make some money? And because as adults, sometimes we lose our dreams. We kind of get stuck in the grind of the nine to five. And maybe that's it for us, right? Instead of just thinking a little bigger and dreaming a little bigger. So for the person that is maybe in that stuck right now, that feels like, you know, this is it. They might be here at this conference, but they're maybe exploring podcasts, then, but they're still kind of stuck. And that maybe it's just, this is it for me. What would you say? Because I want to challenge people to just to think back, go back to their childhood. And because we were free thinkers, right? We didn't have any limitations, but now we 
became adults and we put limitations on ourselves. So who wants to take it away first? Nicole? When you were talking about your father's dreams changing, Mm -hmm. um, it reminded me of my stepfather who was from Bolivia Mm -hmm. and he always loved the arts. Like he had a heart. He played the little charango, which is like this armadillo instrument from Bolivia. And he loved poetry and he decided for practical sake to pursue like an engineering degree to provide for his family. And I felt like on the one hand, I felt bad for him because he wasn't pursuing his passion. But at the same time, he still played the guitar on the side all his life. He still was a lover of the arts. He traveled the world with my mom and they would visit you know, museums in Russia. In other words, don't feel like, oh, it's all over because I can't make my dream pay for my life. Do you know what I mean? You can still pursue your dream and flourish, even if it's paid for by a job where you're delivering pizzas, you know? So do not feel discouraged. Like everyone's telling me, Tony Robbins says, you know, embrace the power and all that. And I'm not doing it. Yes, you are. You're also embracing the realities and the pragmatism of life. So, and you may find that a hobby becomes a jobby. <laughs> a jobby. Um, yeah, I like that because my hobby was podcasting at first. And now it's not only do I get paid to podcast, but I help podcast coach other people. And so it's turned into this tremendous job where I left my regular employment that paid me more. And now I'm still building up to get paid where I was, but it's still a really encouraging place to be. So don't give up. Pursue your dream kind of on the side, and perhaps that hobby will turn into a jobby. <laughs> I love that. All right. Nicole. So I would, I would say this. One thing that I have learned and that I've actually been testing over the last few years is this idea of doing one dare a day. And when you do one dare a day, and the way I like to define a dare is that it's your challenge or that thing that you really want in the world, but it is packaged in play. And when we can package that in play, it changes the game. It becomes from going to something that's just on our to-do list and something that we think is going to be hard to really opening our minds into how we can pursue that differently. Right. So saying that it's your day or day and as you approach it to think that way really shifts how you work with it. When I did this, when I started doing this one day or a day, I would pitch magazines that I didn't think I had a chance in, you know, to get into or reach out to people that I didn't think were going to even respond. And I was just like, okay, check. I did my dare today. And that started to change the trajectory of my life. In like 30 days, I had secured like a feature in Success Magazine. I had spoken to a world-renowned author who then came on my podcast. Like, my world started to change. And I think that just allows us to take away the bullshit, the stuff that we say that we have taken on as we became adults, all those thoughts, beliefs from society, from marketing that tell us that we can't. And we get back to our true essence of who we were as a child. Because I think we really have nothing to lose in this world but our fear. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. How about you, Rita? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm probably not the best person to go with this because I am like, go full force at 100% until you crash. She has ideas I, all the time. And you know, here's the thing. And I, I think I've been that person in that <laughs> stuck place in the past, you know, and I think now that, you know, once you rip up and, is, and Nicole says, right, you know, once you start daring yourself to be bigger and to think bigger and to be bolder in your moves, like everything is possible, right? Everything is possible. 
like you said, you can start off with it being a hobby and that hobby can turn into your life's passion, you know? And sometimes it does take for you to go through all of these things in order to find something like, right. I would never have thought a year ago that I'd be sitting here on a stage with you guys having this conversation. But as long as you keep your mindset open and open to the possibilities, nothing is impossible. Oh, absolutely. Nothing. You know I mean? I people agree. don't go from homeless to millionaire because they're thinking that that's going to be their end all be all. And sometimes you do have to be stuck in that mindset in order to pull yourself out of it. You know, right. sometimes people have to reach rock bottom in order to see that there is something bigger out there. And, you know, it's life's journey. It's part of who we are. And sometimes that's necessary in order for you to think bigger. I agree. And I think as well that we need to really give ourselves grace because we're ever evolving. And sometimes the trajectory of our life right now is building on what's to come. Like, I was a biology major. (laughs) I was going to go into dental school. What does that have to do with it? There is, there's some, I mean, I can't think of it right now on the stop, but, and then I was going to be into physical therapy and then I was going to become a photographer because I have these different interests, right? So I do have like the methodology. Methodology. Yeah. English is my second language. This is why I can't pronounce that. And I also have the creative part of me. So it is really giving yourself the grace of like what you're doing now and reflecting on what that is because it all builds. I have seen it throughout my life, how it builds to what you're doing today. And I might shift. I might be doing something, but what I have learned and what I have uh, been able to do up till now builds to whatever that next chapter is, right? Can I add to that? Absolutely. So um, I remember hearing Jordan Harbinger on The Art of Charm before he started his own (laughs) show. And he talked about how it's skill stacking. In other words, nothing is wasted. You're going door to door with the necklaces prepared you for going to order the perfume. And even though you got rejected, that's not wasted either because it taught you everything's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. My time raising my kids, sometimes I would think to myself, oh my gosh, they're never going to remember that I wiped their little bottoms. They're never going to remember all these things I'm doing for them. But then I realized, oh my gosh, it's building my character. It's teaching me perseverance and patience and, you know, follow through when you're tired and they're like, mommy, read me another story. And you're like, oh my gosh, but I need to do this. Right. So just think of all the things in your life as skill stacking, because I'm thinking with your photography, I'm thinking Jennifer with the other skills that you have that they can inform what you're doing today. You know, you can use the pictures on Instagram and like, so it's really amazing how nothing is wasted. If we keep that optimistic mindset. Absolutely. Well, I'm still trying to relate the, why I wanted to study dentistry to this, but I guess I like pretty smiles. You You know, I was going to ask you that though. Like it, Latinos, right? They wanted you, well, at least for what I used to hear on the collective, I'm not sure if this is the same across the board, but it was always engineer, doctor, lawyer. Yeah. So maybe because that's, that was, that's my family. Yeah. That is exactly my family. And teachers. Yeah. I went back to, yeah, I went back to finish school just because of my mom, but I knew I would have eventually just found whatever random path I was supposed to go on. So, right. Yeah. And I think as well, especially being in the world, because we talked about making money as kids, I think we live in a space now where there's so many different ways to do so, right? Where before it was, it felt like it was just a nine to five or you had to have a lot of money to have a business. But now that's not the case. You just have to, whatever you have in your mind, just go for it. And there's 
seems to be a way to make money. I mean, you just have to have the, ideas. The, Is that what you're saying? Zit, yeah. Do you have another one? Like the zip popper thing. Have you seen that? Oh, I have doctor, seen it. I'm yeah, like afraid that I'll get sucked into that. Right. So, I mean, literally things, <laughs> different ideas. Zip popper. Who th- I don't know how much money they made, but it was a big thing, right? So, I'm just saying anything. You, there's so, just not to limit yourself. Because I know, this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because I have been there. I've been the one that limits. This is why I talk about money stories. Because you do what you need to learn yourself is what I have found, right? Yeah. yeah. And, well, I'm thinking, what's the connection between the dentist school and what you're doing now? And I'm thinking, you wanted to help people. So oh, that's yes. That is, wow, that yeah. is a big part of who and I am. Absolutely. This, yeah, this afternoon, I'm going to um, do a little talk at 115 and Grand 5, whoever wants to come. Your dream is too small. And what I mean by that is, if we're focused on downloads and follows and influence and success... We're focusing on the wrong thing. We need to amplify our vision because most of us have something very special to bring to the world that the world needs. And if we focus on that, then those other things will come. And so, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just bringing this up because I feel like we dream too small sometimes and don't think about what we have to bring to the world that people need to know. You know, they want to know, like you were talking on your show about setting goals. And I learned a couple of things from Rita on her show. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And so bring those things that are going to bring kind of lift everybody up and then I think all the other things will come alongside absolutely any other words of wisdom that you want to share Rita? I just want to say thank you for listening to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> you know it's interesting I think this will be my words of wisdom is like sometimes as podcasters you see the numbers but you don't connect the faces right we don't know who's really listening and I think if we all approach life in that aspect Just do it because you're passionate about it. Don't do it because you think you know or you don't know that somebody's listening, right? I I know this is going to sound like a very crazy idea, a very big one. but She has another idea. I truly think that through the connection of the internet and through podcasting, we can literally eliminate the dead of the world. Like people should no longer have to go through not being able to connect to things or lack resources. Mm -hmm. You know, and so for me, I truly want everyone out there to just really think big. As Hilda said, think big, think bigger than what you're looking at right now, because there is such a massive world and we are so much more connected now than we ever have been. Don't look at the internet or social media as the enemy. Look at it as an opportunity for you to literally connect with anyone under the sun. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, you, Nicole? I, no, I was just going to just piggyback on that because I do believe that. And, and I think even us all being here in the way that we have connected with each other and we've amplified each other and we've given each other opportunities. Like we have to get over the old school way of competing. And I think we're getting there, but when we continue to do this and show how it's done, like we just rise all together. And it makes me so excited because this is like our childhood revisited. Absolutely. Right here is like when we were playing as little girls with our dolls and there was no competition. We were just like, yay, I'm here to be with you and let's see what we can create today. And we can have that as adults now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I truly believe that we each have a role in this world and how are we going to give to that is up to you. And I think it's important. And it's interesting, like you all were mentioned, we have an impact. Like you don't have to be Oprah to have an impact. You don't have to be, you know, a famous celebrity because you yourself, like, I know I connect, I love to connect with my listeners and I had, I'll never forget, I had this 
got on the phone with the listener and uh, to connect. And she's like, hold on a second, please. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, I hear a scream. And I'm like, is everything okay? She's like, yes. I just was having the fangirl moment. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't say what. I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because of I'm every week, I said, you know, the episodes that it's something that I said or an episode made an impact. So it's, if I make an impact, I mean, we each are making an impact is my whole message here. And I think we just need to be doing what we're, keep doing what we're doing because we have a role. And I think we need to fulfill that role to live this role a better place because we're not going to be here forever. So thank you so much, ladies, for being with me today and uh, having this fantastic conversation. So fun. Thank Thank you. you. Fue super divertido, no? I had a blast talking to those ladies and even more so is really special just that we got to do it in person. To connect with Rita, go ahead and search for Latina Podcasters on Instagram. To connect with Hilda, you can look up holistichilda.com. And to connect with Nicole, you can go to thetravelinghypnotist.com. And I'll have all those links in today's show notes. Now, the reina of the week is Rita. Now, it's not the Rita, but she is a reina of the week too. But (laughs) the Rita that I'm referring to is super engaged on Instagram with the posts that we put out. She not only engages in the conversation, but she posts thoughtful comments and she cheers people on. So she's just such a great energy to have on Instagram. This month, we have been focusing on resilience, if you haven't noticed. So if you are struggling with resilience, which is really navigating these difficult times, make sure to check out our posts on Instagram with the tag at Her Dinero Matters. I also have a worksheet that will help you in reactivating those resilient muscles. It's called the My Daily Money Ritual, and it will help you hone in on what you need to focus on in your financial life. And you can grab it at jenhempill.com forward slash ritual, or you can check it out at the Her Dinero Matters Lounge, which is a collection of free and paid resources. And you can get that over at jenhempill.com forward slash the lounge. Next week, we are starting a new month and a new theme all about managing money simply. We do tend to overcomplicate the how-to of managing money but it does not, absolutely does not have to be that way. And next week, it'll be just you and I, just like we do at the very first Thursday of the month. And I'll be sharing some tips on how to simplify how you manage your money, just to make your life a lot more simple. That is it. Eso es todo. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhempill.com forward slash 212 to refer back to the links and to connect with today's Reina panel. I want you to remember to claim your Reina crown, tu corona, because you don't have to wait. The choice is in your hands if you think about it, and becoming the Reina of your money can start now. You've got this, tu puedes, sending you abrazos through this mic. 
Also share with us when you listen to this episode by taking a screenshot or a selfie and tag us on your Instagram stories with at HerDineroMatters or the hashtag HerDineroMatters. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I will talk to you next Thursday. Ciao. 